Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good Lord, may you continue to bless those of us involved with the pro-life movement across the KDN and across the United States. Uh, we're still battling some tough times, trying to convince everyone that uh, everyone is worth living and no one should have the right or legal or just the option to take someone else's life, regardless of how small, young, or whatever. So in God's name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Mr. Stephen Bienvenu. He is the president of the Bienvenu Smith Education Fund, uh, graduate here right here in Lafayette from Cathedral, uh, good friend of the family, and welcome to the show, Stephen. Thanks, Todd. Good to be here. All right. And our guest, uh, our co-host today is Miss Amanda Montesano-Davidson. She's got great questions for Stephen today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All right, Stephen, let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, go back, Todd. I'm uh, one of seven kids for Dr. Zerbin and Gertrude Bienvenue. We had six boys and one girl. Uh, like you said, raised through Cathedral Carmel. And uh, I'm uh, married to beautiful wife Penny. We have three sons. All went through Cathedral, STM. Have six grandkids, all blessed either going to Cathedral or John Paul the Great, so we split our nice. time between the two. Uh, but we've been very blessed. Aren't we so lucky to have these great schools in Lafayette? You know, uh, it's just such been a part of my family for so many years. We, my, my, I have five older brothers, all went to Cathedral, and uh, just a great place in downtown Lafayette to raise children and just a strong Catholic community. Um, what's your earliest memory, uh, say, of, of your spiritual life at Cathedral, whether it was in grade school or whatever? You know, who, who, who would you say had the biggest impact in your family on you? I know you all have a great family. They have a huge family that's just awesome people. Yeah, you go back. Uh, Mom and Dad really got us involved in, in serving the priest, altar boys. And, you know, there was a variety of us, and, and we were truly blessed. We started very young. Uh, when we reached like sixth, seventh grade, then me and my older brother Greg, we'd get up in the morning, we'd rotate serving the bishop, we'd ride our bike from the house down to the bishop's house, and uh, Bebe would let us through the back, and we'd walk upstairs, and, and Bishop Shexnider would say Mass. 30 minutes, then we'd ride our bike back home and wow. eat breakfast and go back to school. Uh, it was good times. That's nice. Uh, how about grandparents? Did you have, uh, were you able to? to know your grandparents yes we were blessed we had uh, four great grandparents both my parents were from St. Martinville so the Bienvenues and the Gauthiers you know in St. Martinville small town they live within about 10 blocks of each other and uh, my grandmother Gauthier played the organ at uh, St. Martin de Tours for about 40 years Uh, and we we were blessed strong Catholic family St. Martinville, that's another another hidden jewel in the in the Catholic community in Lafayette or in Acadiana for that matter you know uh, that's awesome. So, um, what, uh, Stephen? Tell us a little bit about uh, your prayer life. Like, what motivates you today? I know you're involved in a lot of these pro-life groups. Tell us a little bit about what led you there. Well, if you go back to my dad when Roe v. Wade was passed back in 1973, he and Dr. Smith and Dr. Wilton Bergeron got together, and they were just they couldn't believe that it passed. So they got together and they formed a group and they went around and. Uh, you know, initially they were trying to get people in support, and then they were nervous about what doctors in town might want to start doing abortions. Well, 
they passed not a petition but a, a note around and got 164 doctors to sign up, posted in the advertiser that basically said they all disapproved of the Roe v. Wade. They'd do whatever they could to stop it. None of them, they all promised that they wouldn't do abortions. And I can remember Daddy getting really involved. That's when they started the annual trips to Washington. He and Dr. Smith and Dr. Bergeron started the local thing, and Daddy went and made a lot of talks at the different churches, regardless of religion. Uh, it was amazing. And that, that's really when I got started in Right to Life. Daddy, you know, was, was strong until the day he passed away in pro-life. Uh, and then when, when he passed away in 20, 2011, a couple of years later, uh, Ryan Verrett approached uh, my son, John. I got three boys. John's the oldest. And Danny Domang. Danny is uh, one of Dr. Smith's grandsons. Mm -hmm. And started talking about the older people in the current Arcadian Right to Life were trying to pass the baton. They still wanted to be involved, but they wanted some, some youth to get more involved. So the two in, involved, me and Dr. Jerry Smith. Now, Jerry Smith is like me. He's a direct son of Dr. Smith, and I was part of the Bienvenue. So the four of us got together with Ryan. And we formed the Bienvenue Smith. This was back in 2014. Um, and the first year we had the Chabay Bay, it was a fundraiser, and we honored the parents, Dr. Uh, Smith and my dad, and Dr. Bienvenue. Uh, we try and go back every year and, and honor those that, you know, set, set the bar real high for us to follow and trying to make sure we continue to keep pro-life strong in Acadiana. Uh, it's tough, but i got to be honest with you. It's not as tough down here that it is other, other parts of the United States. We're blessed, like you said earlier, with some strong Catholic uh, people throughout Acadiana. And uh, you don't have to normally ask twice to get people to come in and volunteer and support and donate towards your efforts. It's hard not to get bring politics into the discussion. Um, you know, my mom loved politics. We never was a politician but watched a lot of fox news and cnn and and just was always into it as a good catholic you know and how that affects us but it's really strange that in louisiana we have a democratic governor that's pro-life and i think that's an anomaly for the most part and uh but but let's talk a little politics you know you can't hardly keep it out of the conversation but you you, you much into politics follow oh, yeah. it yeah, bit. yeah. I mean, I don't get into the politics. I don't debate it a lot, but I'm sure I'm interested in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and we've had this discussion on the show before. You know, Trump, love him or hate him, he, he sure was a pro-life president and did a lot of really good things for the pro-life movement. I'd have to agree. He's you got his, He's got his pluses and minuses, but as far as those of us in the pro-life movement, he was by far the first president to really push and support the program overall. Yeah. So uh, give us a hint into, um, Stephen, you know, your prayer life, just because I think people want to know, you know, when you take this step uh, in Cursia, they call that, you know, action. I guess it's piety, study, and action. And, and really what you're doing is the action part of where you, you've engaged your Catholic faith into something very forward. I'm, I'm hogging up all the airtime. Amanda, I need you to jump in here, too. Uh, and, uh, and Amanda, and, and they're very passionate in the pro-life movement. But... Uh, but just give me a little peek about what 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 your prayer life. What keeps you motivated? Well, just you know, my love for the Lord. I, like I said before, my wife and I are really blessed with three great kids, six great, not great grandchildren age wise, but they're they're good good grandkids. We're fortunate also. All three of them still live here in Lafayette, uh, and and we're real close. I mean, we pick them, deliver at school. 
bring them to breakfast. I mean, it's it's amazing. Uh, and there's no doubt we've just been blessed by the good Lord. It's just not just luck. Um, Amanda, you got a question? Yeah, so bringing it back to the BMNA Smith Fund, um, why, so the primary goal is youth education, correct? Yep. Why do you think it's important to educate our youth? Well, it kind of goes back, I've heard you say many, many times, uh, there's a lot of, if you just listen to the public, you get one side. But I think it's important that we provide both sides and make sure these young women and men understand that if you get pregnant, if you get pregnant, there are options other than just a quick fix. And not only is it not just a quick fix, it's, it's very complicated. I mean, it can get, depending on the individual, it can get very complicated. Uh, and I think we have a perfect opportunity. I mean, you go around the diocese and the parish and, and Acadiana, we're blessed that a lot of these schools open the front door and let you come in and not just let you make a presentation, but in many times they actually support you. And uh, I think we're just blessed. But I think one of the keys to, to anti-abortion is, is to get into the young women and men and make sure they understand that if for you know some unforeseen reason someone gets pregnant, there are other options out there that, that probably long term are a lot better fixed than this, this short fix that they, they publicize and broadcast and, and now they say is illegal, is, is legal, which is crazy. Yeah, th- this week um, we were taping this um, in June and, and it was the Feast of Corpus Christi and, and I read uh, the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist recently and you know a lot of the talk uh, at St. Jules at, with Father Dan was a, a real big long discussion of, of our Catholic faith and and then I heard on UWTN just this week that like 70% of Catholics don't believe that, that the real presence in, in the Eucharist, I, that one I find really hard to believe, uh, but I guess it's possible. But I guess I'll challenge you, Stephen, in that regard. Uh, just a question is, uh, how, how do you explain, do you believe that Jesus is truly present in that Eucharist, and how would you explain that to a non-Catholic? Yeah, I would, and and it is, I'm not going to say it's hard to, to get them to understand, but I mean, you just need to look around and see what we have and things that happen. And it's just, it's, it's amazing to think how it, the good Lord's got to be there blessing us. Supernatural. Yeah, uh, it's got to be. What do you think about that? I guess for me growing up, it's, it, it would be hard to not believe of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Just it, sitting in church personally, I just, every time consecration comes up it, it's this beautiful feeling of he's there offering himself to us and wants us to be fully immersed in him and how beautiful of a gift of a communion that we're able to receive the body and blood of Christ and a lot of people will say it's a physical symbol but it's also just this beautiful it's not just a symbol. We are, in fact, receiving the body and blood of Christ, and I just, I just think it's beautiful, and that's really the only thing I could try and share and communicate to one another, and and then, you know, leave the mystery behind it to the priest dancer. Sure, I bring it up because I think in in the pro life movement that y'all are involved in, it's just kind of like the heart and soul of of the conversation, and that's kind of been important to me, uh, just in a very supernatural way. How 
you know, I, I had uh, Father Mark Toops on the show, and I was talking about the peace that I feel like when I'm in Mass or when the Holy Spirit touches me. And, and, and he said to me that peace is a person, you know, and, and, and if that person is physically present in the Eucharist and, and it's the center of our faith, then how does that translate into that that baby in the womb, you know, uh, who, who, who is that person? Um, and how anyone could have that the thoughts of, of, of killing that baby. Yeah, and I guess it takes us to the next little subject, you know, which is if our politicians, we have a Catholic president, and, you know, do they really believe that Jesus is physically present in the Eucharist? And if so, can you be for abortion? How, how is that possible? And, and can you, uh, in good conscience, take the Eucharist, you know? And, and, I, and my mother taught me that religion is a very personal thing. I don't want to... Pr- proclaim my religion on someone else at the same time though if you're in you're in you're out you're out and if you believe and you want to be a practicing catholic then let's go 100 percent. yeah get in or get out you know uh that's the way i see it i agree yeah so you've been listening to cajun catholics today's guest is mr stephen bienvenu he is the president of the bienvenu smith education fund for youth right i think did i leave that part out so yeah uh, one of the questions i have is like when you say youth, I'm 55, I consider myself youth, but not so much. You know, what is youth? How, what age are we talking about, generally speaking, that y'all help? Well, Amanda's pretty much our person on the ground. She goes out and, and does a lot of the teaching in the different schools. And we have, I guess, three different. You've got the elementary. We pretty much focus on the high school as the meat of it. But then we also, she steps out, and we're fortunate that UL Cajun Catholics has an organ, pro-life, right-to-life organization amongst themselves. And uh, Amanda works hand in hands with them, and it's the same thing. We we call ourselves the ed- it's educational pro life fund. We're in cohorts with the Louisiana Right to Life. Amanda is an employee of Louisiana Right to Life, but we also support uh, them in, in making her available to us. And just like Cajun Catholics, we we take care of their budget each year and we fund them to help them educate students on campus about the pro life movement. So um, tell us a little bit about what that looks like, Amanda. What, 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 what's a day in your life look like as, a, as a, the director and your job? What, what's a day-to-day? Um, so it, it varies. Um, currently, right now, we are planning our Pulse Leadership Institute for July 12th through 16th, and this is for high school and college students to attend. And we dive into many different topics of the pro-life movement what pro-life diversity looks like. People who you know, are Catholic, but also may not be Catholic. What a pro-life Democrat, what a pro-life Republican, what these different people in different areas and beliefs in their life, why are they pro-life? And what does pro-life look like from their views, as well as end-of-life issues, euthanasia, physician-assisted suicide. So we dive more into these topics. We even talk a little bit about pro-life politics. How does legislation get from the very beginning where it's just an idea to the end product where a law is passed on uh, the pro-life behalf? So that's what we're working on now. So I'm working with um, some fabulous co-workers and youth programs and we are currently scheduling the details about that getting buses and field trips in order um, making sure our guest speakers are accommodated for with you know flights or hotel stays things like that so we work on those little itty bitty things throughout the year and then we also offer weekend camps a couple of times throughout the year in baton rouge acadiana new orleans and hopefully coming to north louisiana soon and um so we'll work on those and 
my favorite day to day is I'll wake up in the morning, get some paperwork done, check the mail, answer some emails, and then get in the car and go head out to a school. My favorite thing is called a classroom takeover. And it's where I'll get in cohorts with a, a religion teacher and teach all their classes for their day as like a sub. Nice. So yeah, that's like one of my favorite things. Um, I think I was a teacher in another life or something. <laughs> but um, so, and I'll just go and teach or spend my day working on um, different aspects of the job. And then after, um, maybe it's after church on a Sunday, go and visit a youth group and give them a presentation. So my day-to-day looks like very, very many different varieties of youth Sounds like you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> I try. It's, hot. it's so refreshing to see someone that is so involved and enjoys their job. I call it a job, but I'm, I'm sure to her it's a vocation, but it's just it's so impressive to see how excited she is to do the work she yes. does. Yes, y'all should see her face. The joy of the <laughs> Lord. She's just smiling all the time. Uh, Stephen, um, we talked about abortion, but we really haven't talked much about suicide and how that affects into Louisiana right to life. But here in Lafayette, oh my goodness, I mean, I've known some of these kids recently that have taken their life, and it's just awful, and it's happening. It's like it's more and more and more. And what what, what is that a, a part of y'all's ministry? Not really. I mean, I, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. It's it's part of pro-life, but we don't have a section dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. More more towards abortion. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, uh, Amanda? you have thoughts about that? I mean, you, you're one of the raging Cajun Catholics, and some of these kids, you know, that are local are taking their life. And, I mean, it's just an awful thing. What can we do to help? Yeah, it's, it's definitely heartbreaking um, because, you know, going back, Um, to my story about adoption and just the uncertainty that my birth mother had to face. You never know what the future holds. I mean, 26, almost 27 years later, I'm sitting here talking about, you know, how youth education is the favorite part of my job. And so we never know what our future is going to hold. It's always a mystery. Um, Forgot to, you know, lay out before us one day. And we need to understand the human value. But not just others' human value. Really take that to heart and look at our own and understand how much we are worth. Um, because it, oh, you never know who you leave behind. And you never know how that affects the people you leave behind. Yeah, speaking of these mothers that, um, yeah. you know, um, have had these pregnancies, uh, perhaps unwanted or single moms, and also these, these young kids that... Uh, go through these struggles of life to the point where they want to take their life and you know this came to me through some deep prayer but you know I asked my friends and I won't ask y'all to give an answer but you know I asked people like what is your happiness number you know on a scale of one to ten like right now like how happy are you like uh, are you content are you are you happy how's how's your spiritual life or you know and and I think that a lot of us um, that I see the joy of the Lord on Amanda, you know, okay, like I'm looking at her, she's a 10, like these guys are like 10, you know, because they have like, and Stephen, they have such a, a great family surrounding us and they're thankful. So you're thankful. And if you say, you know, I'm a 10, then you say, well, there's no room for improvement. Right. And, and some of my friends will say, well, you know, nobody's a 10 because they can always do better. But I think it, for me, you know, if you say you're a 10, it's, you're content, you're happy, you're humble and, and it's okay to be a 10. Like you want, God wants you to be a 10, right? 
but what I find when I ask people, some of the people at work and some, some friends that I run across, and, and, and someone answers that question and they're under five, they say, well, I'm a five or I'm a two. Well, they're suicidal. I think someone that's a five or less, you know, that's a, that's, that's a, a very non-confrontational way to get out of them, that they're, they're really not happy, you know? Yeah. And, and um, so I challenge our listeners out there, you know, to think about what is your number, you know, uh, and, and, and not so much spiritual, but, but just happiness in your life. And, and how can I be a 10? If you're not a 10, what can you do to become a 10? You know, God wants you to be a 10, right? And if, and if, you're, if you are truly a five or less, if you're out there and you're saying, man, I'm really like more unhappy than happy, then you need to seek out counseling right i mean uh you need to go seek seek professional and certainly and even if you know can. someone and you can tell from time to time that you your guess is they're below a five yeah. figure a creative way as a friend or family to kind of you know understand where they stand and, and help get some get some help yeah i think it's a good conversation opener yep. and you know right uh with the social media today kids it's awkward now we can't have a conversation with anybody nobody wants to talk you know you got text <laughs> or whatever but it is a, it is an icebreaker to, to open a conversation and if you know somebody who you think is struggling it's a good question to ask and, and then the next question obviously is how can I help you you know what can I do to, um, to, to make you happier I guess or to help you find happiness uh, so just a few minutes left on the show um, I like to ask some of the guests you know in their prayer life if you say or so much is there a, a saint that you have an attachment to or perhaps a bible story or character that, that you most relate to I got to go back and use my dad. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> my my dad was a religious from day one. I mean, he was a practicing physician, so he spent a lot of time. You know, back then he delivered babies and everything else. But mom and dad always found time to go to church. They mom had seven kids, had one arm, but she always got us dressed. We went to church, uh, and daddy was was always prayerful. I mean, he'd have all kind of groups. Got really involved in in the Carmelites and. Uh, my dad was a tremendous role model. I remember when he passed away, uh, Mr. Red Dumas still came up to me. He said, Stephen, your dad was a, a doctor of both the body and the soul. Wow. And, uh, I mean, when we were kids, Todd, you couldn't go around town. Somebody, you'd say your last name, and they'd say, well, you Dr. B. Avenue. Well, then you had to be on your best behavior. <laughs> then they, they called you out. So, I mean, my dad was a tremendous role model. Amanda? Oh, man, there's so many. Um I guess right now the biggest um, inspiration in my life is my grandfather, um, who unfortunately we lost this past December. But he always taught me the beauty of the rosary. And I, my saints, and they kind of changed throughout my life and what God you know, puts on my heart on who to intercede for me. And currently it's uh, the Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Fatima, the Lady of the Rosary. And um, I think that kind of started around last year, around the time of my engagement um, to my husband, and um, really just bringing it back to the rosary and the beauty of that rosary. And losing my grandfather um, made me realize how precious the rosary actually is to me in my life. So currently, the the Lady of the Rosary is uh, my uh, my go-to. I'm sure a lot of listeners knew your grandfather. Tell us his name. Uh, Frank Boudreau. All right, and they were from Lafayette. Who's from Lafayette? I believe so. I know they traveled yeah, okay. around a lot. All right. So uh, let's see, Stephen. So a uh, couple of minutes, like I said, left on the show. Um, 
what about these events that you have coming up? I think we need to tell people how they can get involved and in, in what that's all about. Your Shab Bay Bay. Yep. Thanks for the lead in, Todd. Uh, October 21st, it's a Thursday evening. It's at the Cathedral Hall, which is a new building. You know, it's three or four years old, but it's a tremendous facility to have a, uh, a gathering. Uh, again, our, our guest speaker is going to be Fran Hampton, who has a tremendous story uh, that she's been spreading for the last three or four years, which is it fits right in with the, uh, the pro-life. Uh, this year's honorees are Dr. Kim and his wife, Bonnie Hardy. Go back pioneers years back. Uh, same thing with Ms. Sharon Fontenot. Sharon's from Eunice, uh, but she's been a, a, a devoted warrior for years on, on pro-life. Um, it doesn't cost anything. We have tickets, but we have table hosts. Uh, if you really want to come, you can even donate and, and not attend. Uh, we're also blessed. The, the food is provided by uh, roughly five restaurants. I wish I could give the names, but we haven't tied them up yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they provide all the food, and Bishop comes every year and uh, gives us uh, words of wisdom towards the end. And I'll let Amanda go back again and tell you if you want to get involved, whether you want to be a table host, make a donation or attend, uh, how you can get a hold of her. Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is via email, and that email is all lower caps, a davidson at prolifelouisiana.org, and Louisiana is going to be all spelled out. But that's the best way to contact me. If you have any questions, I can either answer them for you or, con- or get you in contact with a person who can answer them the best. Now, Stephen, we have to always acknowledge our wives. And uh, I'm, I'm just guessing you've been in a long-time marriage. But tell us a little bit, just a, little, a couple minutes on the show, how, how she uh, is involved in your spiritual life and, and how y'all met. Yeah, my wife is Penny Robichaud. She's originally from Franklin and went to Hanson High School. Uh, went up northeast back then, was a pharmacist. We met down here in Lafayette. Got married back in 1980. Just celebrated 41 years. Oh, and our oldest son is uh, John Michael, and he was born exactly 12 months after we got married. And then we have two other sons, uh, Scott and Andrew. They're 36 and 35. Uh, but Penny's been by my side. I, I retired four years ago, and I, I traveled a lot. And, man, she, she really raised the, the kids and the family while I was on the road two or three nights a week. So I've been truly blessed. That's awesome. Yep. And we, we haven't talked that uh, much about traveling, but, you know, the Cajun Catholics have a great reach and because we do travel a lot. And uh, I don't find, Stephen, you have much of a Cajun accent too much, but, uh, you know, uh, what are some of the, your favorite places that you've been able to travel? You sound like you've been around, a little bit, been around the world a little bit. Well, I worked for Natural Gas Company for 43 years, and I covered from uh, Dallas, Texas, all the way to Pensacola, Florida. And I covered North Louisiana. I was both in human resources and operations. Operations, I covered the whole state, Monroe, Shreveport. I mean, we had over 13,000 miles of pipe. So you, you cover the whole system. And basically, we provided gas to the LDCs, the center points, and the Atmos. I see. So, just like I said, a minute left on the show. Um, what would you, Stephen, what would you want your legacy to be? Um, you know, we all have to think about that at some point. You mentioned you're retired. You're not going anywhere anytime soon. But, but just what do you want your legacy to be? Well, like I said, I'm, I'm blessed with, with six great grandkids, and my wife and I now, that's, that's kind of our hobbies. Yeah, I hunt and fish, but the grandkids, when, the, when our kids call and need help, we pretty much shuffle our schedule and make ourselves available. And uh, we are just so blessed to be able to spend that much time. Uh, John just bought another house, so they lived with us for six months, and it's just it's a blessing to be able to wake up in the morning and see those kids, or like Christmas. <laughs> we were fortunate enough they had Christmas morning at our house, so to see them running around, 
man, it goes back and brings back 20, 30 years when our kids were that young. And then I know a lot of people just don't have that, that luxury to have grandkids and kids live that close. So right. we're blessed. It is, uh, no doubt. I can talk to that. So you've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, if you missed uh, this episode or any others that you want to hear, we're on uh, Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And if you search Cajun Catholics, you can get to any of the old episodes. Uh, just a blessing to have you two on the show. Thank you for being here. Louisiana Right to Life, guys, support it uh, all we can. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Until next time, God bless. Thanks for having us, Don. Thank you so much.